Hi, welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie. That is Zach. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that on the regular, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, uh, and rate review. But most importantly, subscribe. If you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And we are finally back on a Monday because the schedule worked out right. We just got done with Tennessee baseball game. Balls are moving on. Got another game ahead of him in Omaha. We're going to talk about it. But uh, go over there and subscribe so that you can listen to our shows on Mondays. But speaking of Mondays, that's when we go live and record this show on the A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. And if you go over there and subscribe there, you can be a part of the show when we go live because it'll notify you if you hit the little notification bell on the channel. Uh, It'll notify you when we go live. And then you can come drop in here, comment on the show, and we'll interact with the comments because we love doing that. And then you're you're literally in the show. What could be more fun than that? At Charlie underscore Burrs, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports.com for all the stuff that Zach writes on the internet. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville. Wherever you uh, are looking for us, we can be found there on the internet. All right. Obviously. We are broadcasting this right after Tennessee just beat Stanford. Came back from four runs down yet again uh, and and beat the Stanford Cardinal, beat the Pine Trees. Um, and, man, it was a wild, wild game. We're obviously going to talk about it, but I'll I'll start with this, Zach. The, the real story out of Omaha this week, frankly, is this jello shot. I would call it scandal frankly, because the every year there is this jello shot competition in Omaha at this restaurant. I don't I, honestly, I don't know what it's called. That's poor marketing on their part that they don't put their name in like every tweet, but Rocco's, whatever. Rocco's. Rocco's, there you go. There's free advertising for those boys. I saw a tweet earlier. Uh, That's the only reason. But they do this jello shot competition where it's every team's fan base ranked by how many jello shots they buy. LSU bought 22,000 and you go, what, 22,000? How did that even work? And turns out it didn't work because it was one guy that bought them all. And I ask you this, Zach, to start out, fair or foul, should it count when one dude buys all the drinks like that? I, I say no. I say nay. That is that's fraud. That is jello shot competition fraud. I, I think it's kind of like the the replay review in baseball when you – you're, you know, you still second base and you're clearly safe, but they review it and your hand came off for a split second and they call you out. It's not in the spirit of the rule. It's not what the rule is for. It feels like this is not in the spirit of the competition, but it would yeah. technically be acceptable because you're purchasing, you're making a purchase. I don't, I don't know if there's any official rules for this jello shot. I think it's foul. I don't love it, but you know, that's kind of hard to, uh, it's kind of like a loophole, I guess you'd say. I mean, technechnically. LSU fans did buy 22,000. It was just I mean, like 15,000 by one guy. <laughs> LSU fans were always going to win that competition. I mean, don't, I mean, that's probably kind of their thing down there in Baton Rouge. They run out of, of beer every time there's a neutral site game or alcohol. So, not really surprised that they're in the lead. Tennessee's pretty far behind, I believe. And you know, Wake Forest, a small school, is having a good showing in that challenge. Kind of surprising. Maybe it's because they haven't been there in a while. A lot of fans I, went out there. <laughs> I think there was an element that it like LSU fans took over 
the bar. If you go to the SEC basketball tournament ever, you know how Kentucky fans are. They ascend upon the place like a plague of locusts, uh, <laughs> and it's horrendous. And they just like take over whole restaurants. I bet it's like that. Um, Probably. But then it, you know, at, at the same time, it's just one guy being like, everybody gets a shot. And I, like, he's probably buying shots that are going to Tennessee fans. So shouldn't they? it was it was drank by Tennessee fans. So it should go to them. Yeah, um, that's the, that, that's how the rule should should really be. I guess competition. Exactly. Did you see Stanford hadn't even broke a thousand last time I yes, saw. What and they definitely won't now because they're going home. Uh, I mean, if, for, it did it, it really made sense that Tennessee beat Stanford today because uh, I, you know, Vandy really gets called a lot. The Harvard of the South, the Stanford of the South. Um, so in some sense, I guess you could consider uh, I've seen people call. Um, I saw somebody today on Twitter. I, I don't remember who it was, but they called Stanford the uh, West Coast Vandy. So it makes plenty of sense that Tennessee mm-hmm. goes three and zero against Vandy during the regular season, then goes one and zero against West Coast Vandy during the postseason. So, um, but we're going to talk about that game and what comes after that game uh, right after I tell you about our first amazing sponsor today. Got got a little bit of a, a weird one here. So this is Omaha Steaks and. For one more day, this is it. You gotta you gotta do this today. You got the Father's Day promotion is still going on. Father's Day obviously was Sunday, yesterday, but the promotion is still going on through today, Monday. And the truth is, dads want steak. When you give your dad perfectly aged, no so tender steaks, you're not just giving him the best meal of his life, but also the chance to grill them up and share the moment with you. For a limited time, go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code word VOLS. And I'm talking a limited time, as I just said, just for today. And then we're going to have a new promo tomorrow. Uh, type VOLS, V-O-L-S, into the search bar. You'll be able to order Dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. And you get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with this order. It's crazy. Here's what comes with this thing. Four bacon wrap fillets, four premium air chilled chicken, uh, chicken breast, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet Jumbo Franks, four made from scratch, caramel tartlets, Omaha Steaks seasoning, and then those eight Omaha Steaks burgers, and it is just $99.99, folks. It's a ridiculous deal. Go get it right now. Uh, Keyword falls into the search bar, B-O-L-S. Gifting is easy. Dads want steak, and Omaha Steak isn't just steak. It is the best steak of your life. Guaranteed. Don't go. uh, Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Type in balls into the search bar. That is omahasteaks.com keyword vols. Go get it now until tomorrow when a new promo starts. But it's, all the more, it's, I mean, frankly, it's a borderline emergency here. Go get yourself this deal because it's an amazing deal. All right. Now, you came into this game having lost to LSU, and we, we haven't, you know, we haven't been on since the LSU game happened. It was two days ago. And in that LSU game, I mean, you just faced the best pitcher in America. You faced Paul Skeens, the dude was superhuman. And he just dealed to Tennessee that whole game. Tennessee had nothing uh, until he until he went out. And then Tennessee was actually mashing against the, the dude finally in the eighth inning. They came after him. Um, but it just it wasn't enough. Too little, too late. And so you move on to play Stanford. Now, did, did you have any thoughts on that LSU game first? We're going to talk about LSU more here in a minute, but any on that on that first game, Zach? No, I mean you just ran into a guy that might be the number one, number two pick in the in the MLB draft. You know, later this summer, that's going to happen. I mean, he was on. He had good stuff. There wasn't a lot of mistakes to take advantage of. Uh, they were able to 
to get a few hits off of him there. I think that he scattered five hits over almost eight innings. They got two runs off or two runs that got charged to him. I think some of the base runners he left on base, but that's just a tough matchup. It was a bad draw for Tennessee. The whole, I mean, ending up with, with Stanford who, who can hit, as you saw that early in the game today and then wait Forest, you know, number one, most of the season, LSU, the other team that's been number one to end up kind of in that draw. It was, was unfortunate for Tennessee, but if you can, you know, get past LSU, uh, wait for LSU, whoever you have to play tomorrow night and kind of keep advancing, make it out of this thing, you know, you, you like your chances because you felt like you beat the best teams in the field at that point. But that's obviously getting ahead of ourselves a bit. The LSU game, tough to lose that first game because then you, you know, you can't, you can't lose again. You got to go win out to win it all. It's a very tough path to have to go back through the loser's bracket like that. But it was kind of what I expected just going up against Skeens. It's just, you got to kind of have a special night and some things go your way and they just didn't go, Go, go Tennessee's way that you know they didn't have luck on their side that they needed to beat a guy like that absolutely it was brutal brutal to watch I mean we were kind of you got into like that sixth seventh inning and you're like mm-hmm. yeah this one's this one's over <laughs> just it's not just wasn't coming together LSU kept adding runs so that takes us to this game against Stanford I did I did like the way they continued to kind of fight to to stay in that game and to not it let did. it get away I mean it showed yeah. you the character of the team it just you know there's only so much fighting you can do you can't will yourself to win a baseball game you, you put up three runs late and that that's more than nothing I, I'll say that much um but then you move on to the Stanford game and Dolander is your starting pitcher after uh, after Andrew Lindsay gave an admirable effort against LSU, it just wasn't. I mean, not, it's almost nothing was going to be enough there um, in that game. But so Dolander starts, and it's just rough, and it kind of continued to trend from all season. The Dolander, he just hasn't been the dude that was kind of advertised in the preseason. This is a different conversation. Ultimately, if this ends up being the last game that he ever played at Tennessee, it's probably a mistake that he came back. Um, if we're being 100% honest about that situation, he was kind of a presumed first round, really, really high draft. And he's probably still going to be a first round guy, but really high draft pick. And then just had a really rough season. And that might end up being the capper if Tennessee doesn't win tomorrow. And that's, that's tough. You hate it for that kid because he has been amazing in so many spots and he deserves every ounce of credit for that. And has been so good. He was so good in the series against uh, Southern Miss last week. And, and, you know, I'm glad, glad that he got that spot in the, in the NCAA tournament uh, on the way out the door here. But yeah, man, he, he was just getting, he was just getting rolled against Stanford and then Tennessee was getting stuff going. So we didn't even say this. So Tennessee had to go from Skeens to play the, the, the number one dude in America in strikeouts to play the number two dude in America in strikeouts with Stanford. Um, the, it was obviously clear this kid was not as good as Skeens. Also, he was absolutely worn ragged, and you could tell. I mean, the announcers were kind of talking about it. They were like, he is just not throwing what he normally throws in this game. And Tennessee was kind of raking on him from the very beginning. Um, got a lot of hits against this kid and then finally broke it open. Um, but the uh, it, 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 was, it was an admirable effort by Stanford's pitcher, but just ultimately not enough. Tennessee puts up six runs between him and and the next guy, but they didn't put up six runs until 
they were down by four runs. And I don't know what it is with this Tennessee team in the postseason getting down by four runs. I guess against against Clemson, it was, what, 4-1. They didn't get down by full four runs, uh, but it's three. But down four runs in the second game against Southern Miss, down four runs today against Stanford, and then they just come storming back. They got that resolve. They got that fight. They just don't give up. And it was – they were chipping away. They were chipping away when you really think about it. Now – you look at what Zach and I were texting each other. There was no, there was no talk of chipping away <laughs> in those first few innings. It was well. It's been a nice season. Uh, we, you know, that's a tough way to go out, but um, you know, at least it was fun uh, a little bit there. And then Tennessee said not today, uh, and they came back. But uh, yeah, I mean, what what did you think about this one overall, Zach? You kind of had that feeling early in the game that Tennessee was going to break through against that kid because, like you said, he was. He, they were putting the ball in play. They were hitting the ball hard. They they were having some hits fall. They just couldn't string together enough hits to push push some runs across the plate. And then when Stanford got up four nothing, it's like okay, elimination game. You know, you lose, it's done. Had this feeling in the Southern Miss game. They came back unexpectedly. Does it happen again? I mean, it didn't really feel like it was going to, but just because how many times can you do it? I mean, that's something that doesn't you just can't make happen. And then when it did happen, they when they tied the game, I felt pretty confident they were going to win. I didn't I didn't think at that point, especially with Chase Burns in the game. When you tied the game and you got their starter out, you've got Chase Burns in, then it was advantage Tennessee the rest of the way. And that's exactly how it played out. Like like you would think it would play out on paper is what happened. You know, they were able to push across two more runs to take the lead, and then Burns shut it down. I mean, he's been on a heck of a stretch here lately. It's been insane to watch. Chase Burns is, I, I tweeted this, Chase Burns is a dog. He's got, he he is what the great Dick Vitale would refer to as a primetime player, a PTPer. He's a PTPer, baby. I mean, dude. There's just something about this kid in that reliever spot because he he was genuinely really struggling as a starter earlier in this season. Before that, it was whatever happened in that Arkansas sweep. I you know that that was the, that in the the Vandy Tennessee sweeping Vandy. Uh, whatever happened in that two weeks just turned this whole thing around. Um, Burns gets taken off that weekend rotation. He becomes a reliever, and he is a killer absolutely lights out in that spot and and it just i don't know if if it was the kind of getting called out and getting demoted that really motivated him if it was just purely his his mentality and the way that he plays ball just fits better in that spot whatever it is yeah i mean they they just hit the nail on the head with that yeah i mean he has the look of a future mlb you know late inning Closer, maybe yeah. setup guy, whatever you want to call it. The guy comes in eighth, ninth inning in a in, you know in a pressure situation, high leverage type of guy. That's who you want out there because he wants the ball in his hands. He wants those situations, and you can see how much it means to him when he gets out of those situations. I mean, he has he has the right mindset to be a reliever, uh, closer at the next level. You got to kind of be a little bit crazy, and he <laughs> he kind of is. I mean, you saw him when he walked off the mound the other night, and you know, was it Saturday night? And that get was it Saturday, Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. When he when he walked off the mound there, he was just full of emotion, as much emotion as you've ever seen in a college World Series game. And it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch him pitch. And 
I can't wait to see what he does, you know, after he leaves Tennessee, but that's certainly a huge weapon to have moving forward in this college world series. It really did feel like when, when Tennessee <clears throat> tied the game at four and Burns was in, you went, it, it, there, there was a little bit of a calm there. Cause you just went, I'm, I don't think Stanford's going to score another run in this game. And all you got to do is just score. It, you could just kind of feel it. Like it was just, he had that, that thing. And he just has this whole pre, uh, postseason. It's, it's uncanny. Whatever, whatever is happening. And I mean, the real, the real exciting thing is that if you can win this next game and kind of move on to this next set of games, having Burns in that spot just is such a weapon. That is, but Burns paired with one of Tennessee's starters in almost any of the three is the best duo, duo in college baseball, period. But him paired with, any, take your pick. I mean, obviously, him paired with Beam, that's an unstoppable duo. Him paired with Dolan or him paired with Lindsey. However that goes, I mean, to, so far it's been with Dolander. But or actually, the, the last time it was, it was, beam. It was cleaning up Beam. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. So it's been both. That's just absurdly good. And it's what, what will be tough to swallow if Tennessee cannot win this next game is that you have, that's a college world series winning duo. That is something that is a true competitive advantage over everybody else in this competition. And you have that. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, Wake Forest with their hitting right now. You just look at the way they're hitting the baseball and you just go like, that's, they're better than everybody else. LSU is close good. right there. And I, I don't know how the game's going right now. I might. It is, uh, it's 2 nothing LSU. Wake oh, has well. some adventurous <laughs> moments in the outfield, which if you've watched any, uh, well, you know, from the, from the Tennessee LSU game the other night, that game starts at 6 o'clock Central time. It's a weird time of day for the sun. And you saw the LSU left fielder the sunglasses on top of his hat, not using them, looking into the sun and all the jokes that were kind of thrown his way. And he said in an interview that it's it's because the ball coming out of the shadows there at that time of day, if you put the sunglasses on, it makes it even darker and harder to pick mm. up the ball. Uh, so it's not a good situation at this time of day for the outfielders and Wake Forest, unfortunately for them, uh, was kind of the victim of that. He gave up two runs there in the second. Come on. Yeah, you can't It might be third, I'm not sure. Well, yeah. So and again, if, if you know, if you don't know, Tennessee will play the loser of the Wake Forest LSU game uh, that's being played right now. They'll play tomorrow night. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Looking at the comments, Lewis says, "Who throws the heat tomorrow?" We're going to cover that um, in just a minute. Ton tons of great comments. Let's cover some of these while we're while we're here. Steven says, "Go Vols, go Vols, Steven, big time." Um, and I this. <laughs> This is an interesting comment from Steven because I don't think that I've seen anybody say this, but he says, I'm tired of Tennessee fans saying if Tennessee didn't win today, then Coach Vitello needs to be fired. I don't think anybody would say that Vitello needs to be fired. That's ab absolutely <laughs> insane. I don't what know who's doing that. Yeah. Like, what would where, they do then? Where are you going to go from two College World Series trips in three years to who? I mean, Wake Forest is, is you know, viewed as the favorite even though they're down right now and they haven't been to the college world series they said since 1955 and Vitello's went twice in three seasons yeah 
I mean, that that's completely insane. Now, what I what I have seen, and this this has come from me. We were actually talking about this before when Tennessee was down 4-0. These were some of the texts that Zach and I exchanged. Um, was that the tough conversation that would have potentially had to be had after this and that would get brought up by people that aren't Tennessee fans is that Vitello would be a little bit of a choker in that big spot because he would have gone to the College World Series and been 0-4. Thankfully, that didn't happen. You win your first College World Series game in 22 years. Since 2001. Um, and so, done. See ya. See ya to that narrative. And that's done. That's the only thing that I've seen about Vitello. You won that game. You kind of got that monkey off your back. 22 years is forever to not do something like that. And so, that's... I I mean... The, I, I don't think that you can honestly overstate the job that Tony Vitello has done this season. It just... The way that this thing was falling apart. Again, to go back to that Arkansas into Vandy week, whatever that was, we you got you got blown out by Tennessee Tech on your own home field. It was bad, 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 bad. And then this man found a way to get this team to Omaha, and not just Omaha, but win a game in Omaha and potentially make it even further, depending on what happens in the next few days. And I, oh, one one of the great coaching jobs of the of the past i mean take your pick in terms of all tennessee sports you go josh heupel with the football team in the last few years last two years tony vitello now with this team it's one of the great one of the great turnarounds that you've seen in tennessee sports it's insane i mean god so don't don't fire this guy please And, and tennessee isn't just a fringe you know got lucky and made it to omaha i know they lost that first game but they're right. They're right in the middle of this. I mean, I know they're in the the elimination bracket at this point. Margin of error is very thin, but you lost six three to a team that has possibly the two top draft picks. You know, in Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. You beat a Stanford team that barely lost to Wake Forest and held Wake Forest to. I mean, I think that game was like three to two final. I mean, these are good games that Tennessee's been playing. The LSU game didn't go their way. They beat Stanford today. Who knows what happens after this, but Tennessee's just as much of a threat as anybody out there. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be looking forward to seeing Tennessee if they have to play them. Absolutely not, because I I think point blank period, you have the best set of pitchers in America. That's kind of been proven out. Um, But yeah, that the hitting is real tough at times. But yeah, it's it's all there for this team. And man, but just so much credit to Vitello and just what whatever has happened here. I. I, I think he's a master know. at building chemistry and not forcing it and kind of letting a team discover its own identity, however long that takes. I mean, last year's team, you know, it was a continuation of 2021, basically. This year, it's like a whole new set of position players that are starting. It's a whole new vibe. I mean, I know we've talked about it a bunch, but I, I really do think that Vitello, just some of the comments he's made about the way he handled things early in the season, he let this team find its way instead of forcing it. I think when you force it to happen, you can push a team towards some bad habits and some things that aren't necessarily beneficial. And I think his ability to just kind of let things evolve, it's his natural. I mean, you can see he's got the emotion. He's fiery during games. We've seen him ejected. We've seen him kind of bump an umpire. We've seen that emotion come out of him, but he's also kind of got this laid back vibe at times too. And I think he knows exactly which buttons to push and when to kind of let, let a team be, when to get on them. 
that right things to say. I mean, it's it's what being a good coach is about, and, and I think Tennessee yeah. has one. We talked about it a little last week. He's developed, and I mean, you don't want he's a grown man. You don't want to say he's like grown up necessarily, but I think he saw the consequences of everyone's actions last year and what that meant. He's toned it down. He's he's brought more composure. So you even saw it today. He had a blow up today. Um and and kind of played it off, ran out, got a warning, kind of played it off like he was picking grass or something. It was kind of a funny moment um later in the game. And he's just he's come out of that a little bit. And I think long term in his career, that's that's big because you you don't want to be the the no fun. We play the game with dignity and everyone who celebrates is bad. You don't want to be, you know, Vandy's coach, but you do want to, you don't want to let everybody fly off the handle like you did last year. Ultimately tons of fun to watch, but ultimately uh, bit you in the butt. Yeah. He can't get suspensions every single year. And yeah, I think he's got a nice little street going right now. Though the one that earlier this season was, was bizarre. And I don't think we still fully understand what that was all about. Totally. (laughs) Uh, Lord, Lord knows. Uh, But which that feels off. like two years ago now, by the way. February, yeah. early March feels like forever ago with all that's happened this season. It's a totally different season altogether. Might as well have been. Uh, it's it's crazy. But uh, let's let's just finish with a few more comments. Then we'll talk about what happens after this, potentially, um, with LSU or Wake. Uh, but Justin says, let it burn, talking about Chase Burns. Again, uh, Mr. Jones says, he can make you chase or burn it by you. It, it's almost Chase Burns is almost a description of Chase Burns. Chase Burns. Uh, does, does that make sense? That was stupid. Anyway, <laughs> you get that? I, you get you get what I'm saying? Chase Burns burns, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His own name is a description of what he does. Um, Billy Jones says, go Big Orange, go Big Orange, GBO. Uh Thanks to everybody who's dropping in, commenting. It means a lot that you're you're spending your Monday night with us here. Um, and to to go from there now, let's talk about what comes next for Tennessee because certainly it gets no easier from here. But we'll talk about LSU or Wake Forest right after I tell you about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been uh, serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhb.com slash ATOZ. We're walking to one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhb.com slash ATOZ, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Uh, go support them because they support us, thanks to them. Um, so here's what Tennessee has ahead. You go from the top pitcher in America to what was it? Leader in strikeouts to the number two guy in strikeouts. And now who awaits you is either that team that has the number one pitcher in America. You won't face him again, uh, but still they have a ridiculous batting lineup or you face wake who has just kind of murdered everybody up to this point. Um, Although had, had a, had a time they were behind in that opening game. Mm-hmm. Um, weren't they? And and then came from behind. It was, it was two to one for much of the game. Yeah, it came from behind. Ended up pulling out that game against Stanford. 
But you have, I mean, you're just in, you're in the, the murder bracket. You're in the best part of the bracket. And it just is, it's stupid that they did it that way, but it's the way that they did it. And so that's, that's what awaits you. But here's what I would ask you, Zach, who do you want in, in this next game and why, and how does Tennessee do in that game? Yeah, I don't. I really don't know. I th- I feel like maybe LSU would be the better option for Tennessee because I think, and this goes both ways. There's just familiar familiarity there. I mean, they've played each other four times now. It won't be Skeens. It'll be their number three guy. It's Drew Beam. You you kind of like the mentality that he pitches with in some of the, in these big games with weight. They have a really good number three starter. That's I think probably better than their number two starter. It's kind of weird the way they they work their starters out for this for this college world series. But and the, the bats, I mean, yeah, they're having a tough time right now so far against LSU. But they've been the most consistent with the bat for the most part. I mean, you know, they put up what twenty two or something in that last game against Alabama. So my gut says that LSU would be the better option. I think my my biggest concern really is uh, is what what can you get from Chase Burns tomorrow night after he threw what seventy five pitches over six innings, which is not a bad number. Like that's a pretty reasonable number for six innings. He was efficient, not a lot of high stress innings. I mean, it's a lot different than even if he pitched five innings or four innings. Seventy five pitches is is not the same as six innings with seventy five pitches. So. What do you get out of him? How 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 many innings can he give you if you need him late in the game? I'm I'm sure he'll be willing to to do whatever at this point of the year. It seems like all these kids are. Um, to me, that's probably what the game will come down to tomorrow night, regardless of who it's against. But I think I think I'd rather them play LSU. I agree. If for no other reason than I want them to end LSU season, it would just what a joy that would be. And you can't do that unless you play them. Uh, it's not looking good so far. Uh, maybe Wake and maybe maybe Wake is beatable. And then good news Wake. right now, as as we're kind of talking about this live while the Wake LSU game is going on, is that their starter right now is at seventy pitches in the fourth inning for Wake, and they're getting some bullpen action going already. Oh. So, and and you mentioned this to me, I think before the show, that if you can get in, if if these teams get into their bullpens, and the team that loses has to go through a bunch of relievers, I mean that's automatically an advantage for Tennessee tomorrow night. Yeah. So if the score holds, you kind of like what's going on there for Wake Forest. Yeah, the ideal situation for whoever Tennessee plays tomorrow. I mean, the ideal, ideal situation was that it's these 13 get, this, to 12 final and every relief pitcher's used. <laughs> exactly. Thir- 13 to 12 innings. final in 18 innings. And, and every pitcher from both teams is absolutely gassed. And then you play whoever is the loser of that. That would yeah. be ideal. No doubt about it banking on the fact that that is almost certainly not going to happen. Uh, I think you, ju- you just got to hope that no matter how it goes, the losing team is stretched. And it sounds mm-hmm. like if it's going to end up being wake, that's already kind of happening. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Burn some of those dudes in the bullpen. Cause you know, you have that depth. Cause even you look at what Tennessee has used so far. It's not like they've gone super deep and, and they haven't mm-hmm. just had some blowout game where they used absolutely everybody. I mean, Chase Burns was totally locked down. You didn't have to go anywhere other than to him today. And, and so, you know, Camden Sewell, Kirby Cannell, like you got, you got options. Well, it goes even beyond Aaron Combs. You got options. Yeah. And those and, guys haven't pitched, you know, Combs and they haven't pitched in what I know Combs pitched Saturday. Was that he had another one batter? outing i believe yeah that's what it was it was it worked out yeah. perfect for tony vitello man and tony's pitching choices have really obviously just because his dudes have been 
excellent. I mean, his pitching choices have just looked great so far in the postseason. Um, but yeah, the the ideal situation is whoever you're playing is in a is in a late game. That's already to your advantage. They have to play later after you already played. You get you get mm-hmm. a few hours extra rest, and you just uh, potentially you know you didn't use arms like they maybe will, and that that plays to your advantage. I want it to be LSU because I want to end LSU season. I want to see Jay Johnson cry. This dude's annoying. And I don't, I don't like it. LSU, they're kind of the Kentucky basketball of baseball. Uh, they think that they created this sport. And it, it was fun a couple of years ago to smash their head in to make it to the College World Series. And I want to do that again, except in the College World Series this time. It would be fun. Um, and so hopefully you get that chance. It's, again, it looks like it might be wake here. And we can't, I can't tell the future. I wish I could to, to predict. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of game left still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Tennessee tells you anything, Lord knows a two-zero lead isn't isn't foolproof. So we'll see what happens, and and maybe have a little midweek segment this week. Uh, come back with a little extra work for us. I don't know. Depending on how things go for Tennessee, we'll me and Zach will talk about it. But um, regardless, I'll I'll put it this way: just give me a team and give me another shot in the college world series. And that's what Tennessee has. Like that's, that's all I wanted out of today was just another chance. And Tennessee is still alive. And that's what counts. Will they win? I don't know. I'm still living off the shine of the fact that I called Tennessee making the college world series three weeks ago. Um, and I'm still, still just endlessly patting myself on the back for that one. What a great prediction by me. Uh, but still, I, I, I hope Tennessee can do it, but it's not like either of these are going to be any kind of easy out. No, I mean, definitely not. I think you came here and you won a game. That's not the goal. The goal is to win it all, but you absolutely could not go 0-2. Kind of like you talked about earlier about the choking conversation. You just, you got to, yeah, they did that monkey off your back no matter what. And and they were able to do that. Maybe that kind of springs them into this magical run that we never forget. I mean, you never know when one of those is about to start. And maybe... You know, being down for nothing today, maybe that started it. Maybe that is something they'll live off of for the next week, and they'll they'll bring that trophy back to Tennessee. I mean, the the thing is, is that your bats are working better than they have for most of the season right now. You were hitting all over the kid today, and and you have guys like Blake Burke, who has down the stretch of the season just had a horrific go of it, has just really really struggled, and he had a really good game today. Mali Ahuna mm-hmm. had a really good game hitting the mm-hmm. ball today. And so you have some of these dudes that have had tough seasons at the plate suddenly hitting the ball well. And I mean, is that not the formula? You have the best bullpen in America. And then suddenly dudes that weren't having, you know, a great year hitting are are hitting the baseball. Is that not the formula to win? And so we'll, we'll see. Can they do it? I'm not sure, but uh, I I hope they do. And I hope it's against LSU. I'm not gonna lie. I'll be, I'll be shameful with that one. Are you, are you, are you worried, before we move on, are you worried that Tony Vitello gave LSU some bulletin board material after the game today? Eh, I mean, it's all, it's, it's going to be bulletin board material. It's the College World Series. If, if being there is not the bulletin board material that you need, then how'd you even get there in the first place? I, That's I fair. That That's way. fair. Yeah. It's all I mean, and if, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Vitello said after the game that he thinks Chase Burns it's probably the best pitcher in the College World Series, and he acknowledged that he knows that that Tennessee faced Paul Steens a couple of nights ago. So, Oof. 
be interesting to see how that kind of is spread throughout the LSU locker room because you know if Tennessee's going to advance to the championship, they they're going to have to play LSU again no matter what. Yep. <laughs> and and I don't know how if if Steens would consider pitching on short rest if if a game is played Wednesday. So I think that if if Tennessee you know plays Wake Forest tomorrow night, then they'd have to play LSU. If they win that game, they'd have to play LSU. I believe Wednesday. That would be what. Four days of rest. That would be short rest for Steens. Would he give it another go? I mean, that I don't know. I think that's a situation where you don't hate it if he does, because usually pitchers are never as good on short rest. Yeah, I know he's a young guy, but that's you know he's a workhorse too, and throwing over a hundred pitches at every start. And he got a little worn down. He got mm-hmm. a little worn down at the end of that game against Tennessee. So, and seeing a seeing a guy again that quickly is an advantage for the hitter. I mean, he's still great. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to go out there and store six runs off of him because it's the second time they've seen him in a few days, but it would be a little advantage for the for the hitters. You never know what's going to happen in that scenario. So time will tell. We'll see who they're playing tomorrow. Like I said, maybe a little midweek segments in, in uh, our future here, Zach. We'll just have to feel it out. Well, game time decision. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, that's going to be it. For for baseball talk, we'll leave it there and just kind of see what happens because there was some other actually during the LSU game, the lost LSU. There was some very good news for Tennessee football, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Right after I tell you about Radlin Snap Tennessee whiskey, nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory like this one today over Stanford uh, than an awesome whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattlin' Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Log Still Distillery has released a Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version of Rattle and Snap. You can see the four-year version right there in the corner of the YouTube video if you're watching. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful bottle. I've had uh, both the four and the eight-year versions. They're both amazing. They go great in cocktails. They're great neat. I mean, it, just get your hands on a bottle because they're really excellent. And, uh, I mean, as you can see from the bottle there, stuff looks great on a shelf, too. It's beautiful. Uh, you can find uh, Rattle and Snap in stores across Tennessee. It's also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. So run, don't walk, and go get yourself some Rattle and Snap whiskey uh, for those Tennessee sports victories because maybe there'll be a few more here in the next few days. We will see. Uh, all righty. So it was the middle of uh, that LSU game. And if I'm actually remembering correctly, because it was kind of, it sort of acted as a, as something that made me feel better as Tennessee wasn't having the easiest time against LSU, LSU hit a home run. And then two minutes after, maybe right at the same time, four-star athlete, Boo Carter announces that he is committed to Tennessee. He was at, uh, I believe the 40, 40 club. In Manhattan, New York, um, which is a, I just, I went there last year and stayed at a hotel. Let's say, have you been there? Have you been there? I I have not been there, but I, we stayed in a hotel that was on the same street. uh, Midtown area. Yeah. It's uh, it's Chelsea-ish actually. Okay. If he's at that one, I I think there are multiples of them. Probably. It's like a real swanky sports bar and is it like a nightclub? I'm pretty, I don't know. I'm not cool enough to go to a place like that, frankly, because I think it's owned by like Drake and Jay-Z. I, I'm not going to place that Drake and Jay-Z own. Let's be honest. Uh, look at me. You're not on the list. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 
uh, you know, short, weird guy that's never been to a cool nightclub in his life. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not letting me in. But anyway, um, so I with with this pickup, it was obviously it served as a, a nice thank goodness. There's something to feel good about tonight during that LSU game. But in reality, this is amazing for Tennessee football. Because Boo Carter, we talked last week, there was a little bit of concern. He went to Michigan last week and uh, and got clearly had a good time, but then came right back and visited uh, Tennessee again and then ultimately chose Tennessee in, in his actual uh, decision there. And it was actually funny. He tweeted something, a graphic before he did that. It was like, my announcement's coming, and it's choosing between uh michigan tennessee and somebody else but actually in the picture he was doing the the vols sign like the the this and it was like okay well we know what this dude is gonna do he pretty much gave it away right there uh in in the pregame graphic uh but uh what what'd you think about this pickup zach because it, it felt like you're on a little bit of shaky ground with recruiting there and then you get a nice pickup yeah i think tennessee needed this one not that they've had like any like bad recruiting luck lately but there's just been some things trending and not really Tennessee's fault it's just kind of been the way the official visits have fell anytime a kid goes on an official visit for the first time and it's their first official visit usually that's their leader because it's the first time they've experienced an official visit which is the red carpet it's different than the unofficial visits or just showing up to kind of check the school out a lot of times that leads to you know a specific team being their leader or it's the most recent school they visited. So it can just kind of be bad luck when you see some of these crystal ball predictions or so-and-so is trending towards this program at this point. It's not always super accurate. But I think Tennessee needed this commitment to kind of stave off some of those headlines and narratives. And Boo Carter was a guy that you felt like needed to end up at Tennessee, would end up at Tennessee. But then all this Michigan talk kind of popped up over the last couple of weeks and maybe – Maybe that was just Boo Carter adding some intrigue to his commitment so people wouldn't know for sure where he was going. I mean, obviously, he wanted to make it a big deal. You go commit in Manhattan. I mean, you don't do that usually unless you're the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. I mean, typically, that's reserved for those types of guys. Hopefully, people get that joke. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it's a big pickup. He can play both ways. Hopefully, he's going to play defensive back at Tennessee. I think Josh Heupel is going to let him do some offense as well depending on how that shakes out and what he can pick up and and how he can help the team. I think he wants to do that. He wants to be a, a two-way player that plays on both sides of the ball, but primarily going to be a defensive back for Tennessee. Yeah, And and if that really does come to fruition, like everyone is sort of assuming, just picking up dudes on offense, we say it, or on defense, we say it every single time. I mean, that's just so massive, just with Tennessee, the way that this defense has looked. Um, you, you need the help very, very badly. Um, so was very happy to see that, but it's really the overarching thing here was just the optics of if you had lost out on Boo Carter and just kind of the hit that your in-state pipeline potentially would have taken there. And then not, not only that, not only did that not happen, but now you get a kid that I think is going to be a really good advocate for your class and, and is, is really, it seems like pretty passionate about coming to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really nice to see i think he's going to be a big help to this team i i i love it um and then uh, there was a little bit more recruiting news but before we we finish it out i do i do want to shout out evan white here he says hello again my dearest friends evan yeah it's been a while man he's he's been a regular listener in the past 
uh, and it, spe- specifically with uh, me and Crompton's game day show. What's up, man? Glad that you're uh, popping back in. I got to say this every time somebody says this in the comments. He said GBO, go balls, Evan. Um, uh, happy to to have you back in the comments. But uh, another piece of recruiting news uh, that came down is not a commitment, but a pretty fun little tidbit here. So Camarian Franklin was another one last week that was kind of on the list of like, ah, he's been showing some stuff where I don't, I don't know how he's feeling about Tennessee. Is he feeling as high on Tennessee as he was before? Don't know. And then this week, he goes and he visits Tennessee and is tweeting a hundred different ways about how much he loves Tennessee and how it was a great visit. And then he turns right around and uh, cancels his visit to LSU. He was supposed to go visit LSU, and he said, nope, I'm not coming. And, you know, it's it's never a great decision to try to read the tea leaves on a recruiting situation when you don't actually, like, talk to the kid or anything like that. But it can be pretty telling when a kid goes on a visit and then cancels future visits. It probably means that the visit he just went on went really, really well. Um, do you, do you take anything away from, from the tea leaves here, Zach? I'm not, I'm not enough to say, okay, yeah, Tennessee's going to land this kid, but I definitely, it's kind of like that conversation we were just having about things trending the right way after visits. It's, it's good. It's good for Tennessee. Anytime you can get a kid to, uh, I'm not saying Tennessee pushed him to cancel the visit or anything, but anytime a kid cancels a visit after they visited you, I mean, that's, that's a great feeling. You got to know that, Hey, we're in a pretty good spot for this kid and, you know, keep at it. We have a, we have a real chance here. It's another kid that obviously you got to start landing those kids. If you want to have an elite defense and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. It's, it's far too early. I think to say that, you know, Tennessee's going to get him, but it's a good sign. I don't, I don't know how high up the list LSU was for him. So I don't know if it's a big of a deal as it could be, but it's still, it's one less per elite program you have to worry about. He is currently the the major leader in the or Tennessee is currently the major leader in the clubhouse for Camarion Franklin, at least according to on three, 75% chance at the moment to land Franklin. You know, that's pretty tenuous. I don't put too much stock in it, but it would be pretty great because you also look at the aggregate rankings here on on three, four star player according to on three, five star in two four seven, five star on rivals. Four star on ESPN, whatever actual weight you give to ESPN recruiting at this point, I wouldn't give it yeah, much. But no, the <laughs> thing. Yeah, to, to, does ESPN do they even cover recruiting? That kind of surprises me. Uh, but it does look like Tennessee's chances there are are pretty good, and and this is just nice. Again, I think it shows kind of the prowess of Rodney Garner if you can land this kid which has already, I think, been proved out, not just because I think Garner's pure coaching job with the defensive line has been excellent. But, uh, I mean, his, he's known as a star recruiter, and he's just been really good at other teams and now at Tennessee, too. It just comes with territory. So I, I would say at this moment, I would expect to end up with Camarion Franklin in the boat, but you never, ever know with these kids. He could take some visit some other school and get stars in his eyes. And then suddenly he's going to wherever Ole Miss or cause he's from, he is a Mississippi uh, based kid, but it doesn't seem like the Mississippi schools have uh, convinced him very, very much uh, to go, but good recruiting tidbits, a little bit more positivity on, on top of uh, the win tonight, but anything else with football before we move on to our 
The final topic of the show, which is a recurring theme on this one, which is dunking on Nick Saban. So uh, any anything else, Zach? No, it's it's been pretty fairly quiet for the most part, which is a good thing. Hopefully it stays that way till SEC media days and when things really get going. Agreed. We don't need any negative press around here. I don't like talking about it. And I don't want to talk about it. Let's just keep it all. The, the vibe's positive. We've talked about enough of it over the last few years up until really the last year we've been doing this show. It's really when it's <laughs> pretty kind of much changed everything. Yeah, it really has been. Uh, but we'll finish. 2020, 2020 was some dark times. Yeah. Oh, that was dark times. And then, you know, it's darkest right before the dawn. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. Uh, we, we made it out to the other end. Here we are. Uh, but let's finish with this. Nick Saban. Does the man ever stop complaining? Uh, and we're going to talk about his latest stupid comments right after I tell you about our great friends, Superbook Sports. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code A to Z, A T O Z, to score up to $250 with uh, their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code A to Z. Simply visit superbook.com. For terms and conditions, or download the Superbook Tennessee app in the App Store. Enter the promo code A to Z, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R. The Superbook Sports Tennessee app. Download it right now. Um, Now. Thanks to them. Support them because they support us. Nick Saban. We all hate him. He's the worst. Uh, And he just continues to be... He just continues to just be like more bitter and annoying. And it, it kind of feels like he feels the walls closing in a little bit. You know, Georgia took a, took his spot. Tennessee beat him. LSU looks like they got a pretty good coach. He just, I think he can feel the squeeze. And now he's just lashing out. What what did he have, have to say, Zach, if you have it in front of you? Yeah, I mean, it's been six months since the uh, end of the college football season or since December, I just ended the reg- regular season. And he's still complaining about Alabama not getting into the college football playoff, which is hilarious because I don't know, coaches complaining about stuff that's already happened that you can't change. That's kind of goes against the whole spirit of how you coach. I mean, you're supposed to have a short memory, move forward, control what you can control and we'll play wherever we're supposed to play. And, over the last, really since the last season, Saban has really turned into, I mean, he's always been a curmudgeon, right? But he's kind of going over the top with complaining constantly. We saw it last year when he was did his little TV tour. Uh, anybody that would have him on television making his pitch for Alabama to be in the playoff, like he couldn't stand the thought of being left out and Georgia being in it. And then he was complaining earlier this year about, you know, up-tempo offenses and slowing them down and if they're safe or not. And, you know, obviously kind of a directed at Tennessee a little bit there after, you know, right after Tennessee beats them, then complaining about the conference schedule. So the fact that he's back complaining about not getting in the playoff, it just feels like he's he's got to be on TV or interviews, you know, complaining about something. And you don't see anybody else really doing this right now. It's very odd. You don't see Josh Heupel in front of cameras you don't see really kirby smart out there though in kirby smart's case it's probably best to lay low right now with all the legal issues happening at georgia and they've got they've got local media looking into it down there now which usually doesn't end up well for a program but it's just it's an odd look for saving and i think it's kind of what you said like I, I, i'm not going to say that he's 
in panic mode and it's over and he thinks it's over. But I do think he sees Georgia, you know, taking off, leaving Alabama behind. He sees LSU, you know, some people picking them to win the SEC West this year after the way they kind of put it together and beat Alabama last year under Brian Kelly, a coach that's, you know, like him or not, he usually has a pretty good team on the field that has a chance to to do something in the postseason, and that's going to be a threat to Alabama. And then, of course, Tennessee, you know, beating Alabama for, for the first time since Nick Saban has been the coach at Alabama. He's never been the Alabama head coach when Tennessee was a threat. That's been the one kind of sleeping giant that he hasn't had to worry about ever. And now all of a sudden he does. And I'm not saying Tennessee's the catalyst for all these all this complaining that he's been doing, but it kind of all does go back to Tennessee. They're the reason he wasn't in the playoff. You know, Tennessee was the team he cited for the nine-game SEC schedule that, you know, okay, we got to play Auburn and Tennessee. Well, Tennessee's usually not usually not good. Now they are. It's kind of all this stuff kind of goes back to Tennessee a little bit. It definitely felt like last year he lost an, lost the national championship to Georgia and you go, okay, lost, but they were in the national championship. I mean, come on. They won that. Yeah, and they lost their best player in the championship game. He had a built in excuse. Exactly. So, I mean, you looked at that and you were like, yeah, they're still in the national championship. They still in the SEC. Yada, yada, yada. But this year losing to Tennessee and LSU, I think it broke, it broke the dam open because and spe- obviously specifically losing to Tennessee, because it was just so historic. It had just been, so long and just was such a you know a, a relief off of Tennessee and that and, scene that scene every time that yeah. was played it was Alabama there walking off the field was losers everybody saw well, that over and over and over and I think I said this during the season that week when Tennessee beat Alabama was a changing of the guard and it wasn't even Tennessee taking over Alabama spot or something like that it was really Georgia taking over like it was oh suddenly Alabama's the not the, be beat. Alabama's not the powerhouse anymore and that's what ended and I, I mean Billy Jones says it here he knows his reign is over exactly that's exactly I, I would read the rest of it but this is a family show and you'll, <laughs> but, and you'll probably accidentally read it the wrong way <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but it, it really it really is that it just feels that way and in his his exact comments where he said uh, about the college football playoff. All we do is take teams that win the most games at the end of the year and put them in the playoffs. But do we really get the best teams? When they told me that we would be favored against three out of the four teams that got into the playoff, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? Because you lost to Tennessee and LSU. I don't know. Beat the teams that you were favored against. They were favored in both of those games. They were favored against Tennessee by almost double digits. I'm sorry. What happened? Beat them. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't see Tennessee fans or Josh Heupel complaining about not making the playoff because they lost. I mean, if they if they beat South Carolina, it's a different conversation, of course. But you lost to South Carolina, that that ended it. And Tennessee fans accept that for the most part. Josh Heupel's, I think, body in these coaching staff accepted because honestly, and I know this is debatable, and and you don't want to get into this debate with somebody that that is on the other side because nobody's ever going to agree, but you feel like Tennessee would have deserved it over Alabama just by virtue of beating Alabama and then beating LSU. I mean, it, in a way, yeah, that loss to South Carolina was bad, but it's still a conference loss on the road. It wasn't like they lost to, you know, 
South Alabama or something like that, or some random, you know, non-con or Georgia State, you know, a couple of years ago. It, it wasn't like that. So, you know, those games do happen from time to time, but they they had better wins than Alabama. And I think the better wins carry more weight than the worst losses. And and that would, would be my opinion. But the part that doesn't make sense is I don't know what Saban is politicking for here. With the schedule, I kind of always understood it. But this year is the last year of the fourteen playoff. You know, who knows what happens this year, especially with Alabama, new quarterback. I don't really know what to expect from them, to be honest. They could go undefeated in typical Alabama fashion, or they could finally, you know, not win 10 games. I mean, it really could go either way at this stage of Saban's career. And the he just lost probably the best quarterback he's ever had at Alabama and didn't make the playoffs. So what's going to happen in 2023? I don't know. But this argument doesn't really make sense with the with them moving to the 12-team playoff in 2024. Well, I hope what it means is that Tennessee will beat Alabama again. That's all I know. And then <laughs> yeah, this time... Tuscaloosa. Well, it is it is a bit of a different task in that way, but... Maybe Tennessee um, fans will storm that field too. Well, maybe. Or maybe you, you could flip it, even if you drop that game, beat South Carolina and beat Georgia this year. Just flip your yeah. two losses. Yeah. Yeah, hey, fine. That's all I ask is to just have a nearly perfect season. Is that that is that that big of an ask? <laughs> we haven't actually asked for that in a while, so maybe not. Hey, you know, it's not like I'm asking you every single year to do that. Uh, okay. Charles, Zach Reagan. I think that's it. Anything else for the good folks at home, Zach, before we bounce? I can't. I'm just showing Paul Steen's mustache here, and, and I can appreciate a good mustache, but that is one that I don't. I don't think it works. I just don't. I don't feel like it's the right move for him. Yeah, we were saying before we got on here, he's a, he's a goofy dude. I, I don't. It's just something. It's just like off. There's something about him is off. Yeah, he's an odd character. Like, and I, I don't know him that way. I haven't kept up with him all year, so maybe in interviews he's a lot different than than we're perceiving him. But just from watching him on the mound, it wasn't like I hate this guy, but it was like, what is this guy? Just seems like you said, just kind of off. Yeah. What's his deal? <laughs> yes. What's his what deal? The, That's the perfect. What, what is this guy's deal? Uh, well, hopefully we can just knock him out in this next game. The Wake Forest has a little work to do for that to happen, but hopefully we can. And then, you know, we don't have to wonder anymore of what Skeens' deal is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Charlie Burr, Zach Reagan. That has been the Big Orange Podcast, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Go to A to Z Sports.com, read everything that Zach writes. The dude is over there just pumping out more content than. I mean, he probably really should, frankly. He's just going above and beyond. It's the middle of the summer, and he's still just so much stuff that he's putting up on the website. Um, but thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for commenting. It seriously means the world. We appreciate it every single week. And maybe, as I said, depending on what happens with the games this week, we're going to feel out maybe a midweek segment if there's uh, enough to talk about. So maybe uh, we'll we'll put that together. So look out for that on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Other than that, I think that's it. Thanks for watching again, and we'll talk to y'all maybe later this week, maybe next week. See you guys later.